Morning, everybody. Four minutes past five. Friday morning in London town for 42 years. Colonel Gaddafi terrorised his own people and the world. Yesterday he died as he lived, shown no mercy as he pleaded for his life. Bullet in his head. That's for Lockerbie, Yvonne Fletcher and IRA Semtex victims. All of that and he's dead. Apparently he was shot in the legs and uh, then he pleaded for his life. And somebody decided to end it, thus saving, I should imagine, the Americans and everybody else millions of pounds in, uh, in a trial. So uh, another one dead. I'm not sure, to be honest with you, whether or not it's a nice thing to see pictures of dead people on the front of the papers. I couldn't really care less who they are. I just don't think, you know, a headline of, um, of, of don't shoot, don't shoot, and then a picture of a dead body is the kind of thing that kids are going to be wanting to see first thing this morning. It's all over the place. I can understand exactly why he's no loss to anybody, and, uh, and they'll be hunting the rest of the family, many of whom seem to be in Algeria at the moment. Many of them are dead, but uh, some are in Algeria. And he pleaded for his life, and they decided no. So, as I say, thus saving a huge fortune. And that's on the front of, of all the papers, gunned down in the sewer. He tried to make it back into the sewers, I think, and so everywhere you go, the media uh, are just full of it this morning, all these pictures, and, uh, and, that, and that takes up the main topic of conversation this morning. There are other stories in the papers as well, as you can well imagine, but uh, it, it all happened a bit quickly. I wonder if yesterday morning when he woke up, he was thinking the day would have ended just like that. 84850, uk. Nice to have your company this morning. At least we've made it to Friday this week, even though the weather has definitely taken a turn for the worst. And, um, and I did go back to Hampton Court yesterday. I went back to get some more plants, their final day of their little plant sale that they do. And it wasn't until I was driving home I suddenly realised that they'd overcharged me. <laughs> but because it was only £2 and because it was Hampton Court and it was historic royal palaces, I didn't really care that much. But I got in thinking, how's, you know when it's, you, you, sort of, you buy some plants? And I bought two trays, 16 plants, of, uh, of the orange wallflowers, which they were selling off. And they were 50p a plant. So she said, that'll be £10, please. So I happily handed over £10 without thinking, ooh. It's actually £8, isn't it? But, I mean, to be honest with you, it was far too cheap. Far too cheap, anyway. Uh, we take all your texts and emails on the programme this morning, and uh, we'll let you know exactly what's happening with, uh, with Nick Ferrari's programme. You can imagine what he's going to be talking about, can't you, at uh, 7 o'clock, uh, with his uh, paper reviewer, Tim Luckhurst, who's head of the Centre for Journalism at the University of Kent. And so uh, all of that. And then I've, unfortunately, been trawling the papers again this morning, and I've ended up buying something. Now, to be honest with you, I've got no idea why I've bought it, unless it's for an early Christmas present. And I'd seen the advert before, and I thought, best to get in now, and uh, because it's difficult to know what, what to buy people like Christo at Christmas. You know, it's, I mean, for a man who has everything, except looks and hair, which, of course, I could do nothing about, I don't really know what to buy him. So I've looked through the paper, and there's a huge advert, and I've worked out how much money they, they've made... It's a company who are based in Great Russell Street, which is opposite the British Museum. And I've passed their window before, and I've said they have coins. Now, I don't collect coins in any way, shape or form, apart from having some in my pocket, and that's as far as it goes. But they were offering a bag. They said that they found, like you do, 350,000 old British coins. Old pennies, old threepenny bits, uh, two-shilling pieces, half-crowns, everything. And they've bagged them up in bags of 65, and they're selling them for £28.50. And I thought to myself, it's, it's, it's a little bit of history, isn't it? And then I worked out, if they've got 350,000 of these things and they're selling them at £28 for 65, they're, they're probably making over £140,000. So it's actually quite lucrative, even after taking out the cost of the full-page advert in one of the most popular dailies in the country. So 
is anybody else buying this apart from me? But Because I have a sneaking feeling we're all doing it. And we're not telling people, because it's... No, no the, but the trouble is, you see, next door, they are... They are... They're after decimalisation. You know, they, they actually came after that. I'm, I'm pre-decimal. I grew up with pennies and threepenny bits and two-bob bits and half-crowns and Churchill crowns and halfpennies. I think there are halfpennies in there as well. There is, there is nothing that is after 1944. So I think that's quite a nice thing to have. And they come in a little... No, they, really don't, they really would rather have the £28.50. So I've bought four of them. I bought four because I thought it seemed like quite a good idea, and I'm thinking I'll give them to people as Christmas presents. And the more I think about it, the more I think I don't think anybody's going to want these as Christmas presents. My brother will because he'll like that kind of thing. And as kids, we used to play with old money, you know, because we didn't actually have any, so we just used to play with old money. It's like having a set of buttons, isn't it? And so, so I bought them, and I'm now thinking, have I done the right thing? And then I thought, yes, I have done the right thing. I have done the right thing because I also went went to Thornton's. And I bought boxes of chocolates. And they had a special offer on I thought it was four for 20 quid. It's five for 20 quid. Five boxes. And they're big boxes of chocolates. And I thought I could give one of those to Christo for Christmas. You know, sort of, you know, just to sort of say Merry Christmas and, you know, welcome to the world of radio kind of thing. And, um, and then I thought, no, don't do that to him. I was talking to... Um, I can't remember the name of his uh, producer this morning. But there was a packet of chocolate biscuits. And I said, oh, don't forget your chocolate biscuits. He said, not mine. He said, I wouldn't eat rubbish like that. I said, oh, they'll be Christo's. Because I know Christo's got a bit, of a bit of a chocolate tooth. He likes, he likes sweet things. So I might still, you know, I'll see how he behaves between now and Christmas, offer him up the box of chocolates. Because, there's, I mean, there's loads in there and the bag of... Well, he's not having both. He's not with the bag of coins and the chocolates. You either get one or the other. And... Yeah, and Christo is still insisting that uh, some chocolates I found in the back of the car were for him. They weren't. They were, they were never... Nobody sends anything in for him. I mean, people just don't do that. Because they know that the little weeble, who wobbles but won't fall down, is the sort of person who, if you send in food, chocolates like that... <laughs> he's, he's really angling for a, for a super Christmas present. But, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I, I don't want our friendship to go any further than, than the programme. I mean, I, I know it seems a bit harsh, but that's the way it has to be, I'm afraid. I'm a little bit, <laughs> a little bit stuck on that one. So if anybody else bought these coins, do let me know. I don't want to feel like I'm a, I'm a lone voice in the wilderness here going, well, you know, I like these coins, because it's a little bit of history, and I thought perhaps, then I thought perhaps I could give it to the godchildren. That's why I thought if I buy four sets, the godchildren are really going to hate me. They'll be sticking pills in the Uncle Pins in the Uncle Steve doll. Which is probably not a good idea. Uh, so, let's whiz through the paper, shall we? You get a free pint of milk with the Express when you buy your Express at the co-op. So it's not really free. You've just got to buy your Express there and then you get, uh, you get your free milk. Uh, they've tried to analyse the only way as Essex's language in the paper today with a, a professor, and he says that what they're speaking on the programme is apparently pure Essex. So ream and stuff like that uh, are all pure Essex words. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit barking mad, I'm afraid just north of Dagenham, but uh, you, ha- you have to mention it. There's more on um, Vincent uh, Tabak making an apology to Joe Yates's family the other day. I mean, really dreadful. And also that, um, that mad Minty Chalice, not a real name, of course. Uh, this is Donna Berry, who turns up to anybody's uh, old uh, thing and sort of waving a crucifix, quite clearly mad as a brush, I'm afraid. Either that or just desperately sad and lonely and, uh, and craves the attention. She's not a traveller. She doesn't live down there. Nothing to do with them at all. She just likes to get involved. You know, one of those nosy people. A little bit of a Hilda Ogden. The twitching of the net curtains. And so the travellers have left Dale Farm site. I don't know why they're all looking so miserable. Some of them were stifling laughs as they, uh, as they walked out. Probably thinking how much they've actually cost us over the years. I was just glad to see the back of them. You know, what is it about the word illegal? 
interesting to see that most of the uh, the wagons driven out by the women. Men seem to be, uh, you know, perhaps they were dressed up as women, I don't know. All very worrying. Cliff Richard. No, I can't tell you what Frankie Boyle says about Cliff Richard. I've just realised he's terribly rude about him. But there again, he is terribly rude about, um, about just about everybody, I'm afraid. <laughs> There's nobody that he's not, not rude about. And I, I quite like that. He says here, Westlife is splitting up after 14 years. All good things must come to an end, which is why the news has come as such a huge surprise. <laughs> and then he says, Bernie Eccleston's daughter, this is the uh, little Miss Show-Off herself, Tamara, I think, photographed lying spread-eagled on a million pounds in cash. He says, I saw something very similar last weekend in Glasgow, although, to be fair, the guy wasn't totally naked, just his pants and trousers were round his ankles, and the cash he was sprawled across added up to less than three quid in change. And the photographer wasn't from a tabloid, but worked for the coroner's office. <laughs> so, because it, it was the tackiest picture ever. I mean, she is Little Miss Show-Off. Perhaps she's a bit desperate. A little bit desperate. A little bit like um, the bloke who owns Topshop, Philip Green. His daughter's pitched up on the, on the Chelsea programme... And she's pictured out in the uh, in the papers today. Really, not a good picture of her. I don't want to be rude in any way, shape, or form, but she's 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 a bit of a plain Jane, I'm afraid. I mean, I, I don't mean that in a in a sort of a bad way. I just mean that you know why these people want to put themselves on television. I've got no idea because they don't actually do anything at all. The good news is this morning two bits of good news. First of all, Big Brother's Imogen Thomas. You know, who else have I not slept with this week? Uh, has uh, turned her back on famous sportsmen and fallen for an unknown city trader instead. So the busty ex-beauty queen who had a six-month affair with Ryan Giggs and about everybody else in the entire world and then sold the stories afterwards has told pals that Adam Horsley could be the one. She's been going out with him for about a week and this is, this is the one. So more rubbish emanating from poor Imogen Thomas's mouth. Her family must be so embarrassed. But the other good news, which I know you'll be pleased about because we were all a bit worried, weren't we, when poor old Jodie Harsh, sorry Marsh, uh, pitched up on the television claiming now she's more attractive than she's ever been, proving that she's more deluded than she ever was, I'm afraid. She's a bodybuilderess and, uh, and she's found somebody that she loves. He's a, he's a trainer in the gym. He's another one of these triangular blokes who sort of, you know, doesn't quite fit his clothes properly. Uh, model Jody, not for many a year now, has um, said to everybody who'll listen that uh, we've been sort of talking for two years now, you know, we decided to take it into the next stage, which is, you know, really fantastic news. But she is in talks to do a nude modelling shoot. <sighs> Horrible thought. Can't, can't think of any more ghastly. But this is obviously what you wear when you're sort of displaying your love. You wear a dressing gown. It's... I know, I know, the picture of her in creosote. It's not good, is it? It's not good. But there was another picture of the paper today, and I'm trying to think what it was, actually. I don't know if it was going to appeal to her next door. It was... It was oh, there's a woman here who's wearing a bra made out of Mars bars. Why? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure about that. I wish I could give you the answer to that, but sadly, I cannot. I don't know why you'd want it, I suppose, somewhere up on our news desk. They'll be making up their own jokes about a Mars bar bra, which is very interesting, so we'll come around to that a little bit later. And uh, we go through more of the papers. 84850 uk. It's quarter past five. These are the headlines. Libyans in London have celebrated through the night after the death of Colonel Gaddafi yesterday. He was found hiding in a drain. It understood the seven-month NATO bombing campaign, which has cost British taxpayers £300 million, could end within days. 
A man from East London has been charged with terror offences. 19-year-old Mohammed Abdul Hasnath from Poplar is accused of six counts of possessing information likely to be of use to terrorists. And after one of the biggest studies, it's claimed there is no link between using your mobile and getting cancer. Researchers in Denmark say the chance of getting cancer are almost the same as someone who doesn't use a phone. 16 minutes past five. Let's go to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. We'll down. 7.3. Morning, everybody. It's early breakfast. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's a bit chilly out there this morning. Just a fraction. And I see that Leila Ruas has quit Holby City. 18 months as a top surgeon, Sahira Shah, because of the show's punishing schedule. Everybody else, of course, in the cast can manage it, but uh, it's all just too much for poor Leila. Uh, a BBC spokeswoman has confirmed she was leaving by mutual consent to pursue different projects. She started in Footballers' Wives... And then there was the Strictly Come Dancing race row with Tony Beak, you'll remember. And then she said, after taking the Holby job, Sahira is a mum, so I can relate to her struggle. The rubbish these actresses come up with. You know, Sahira's a mum, so I can relate to her struggle, balancing motherhood and a career. I mean, God, dear, I tell you, out of the mouths of babes, ladies and gentlemen, she admitted to having no medical knowledge and said playing a surgeon was a real eye-opener. Imagine an acting job where you, she's, she's playing a top surgeon and she's got no medical knowledge at all. And there's me thinking she could just be taken on to the... I thought they all went to medical school and then, and then she, she leaves Holby and she can go straight into being a surgeon in a hospital. They talk rubbish, these people. They really do. A bit like The Only Way is Essex, where you've got poor old Lauren Goodyear and, uh, and, and something called Lauren Pope as well. They all just look like they've come out of um, a little cheap plastic mould for tarty Barbie dolls. They all sort of come out... They've all got the same bad hair, the same troweled-on makeup, the same little tiny skirts... And and they're all identikit people. They all seem to sleep with the same people as well. So, uh, real tacky uh, end-of-the-peer stuff, I'm afraid. Uh, also, the papers today, Sunita's real age is revealed. She's not the 43 that she has been claiming. She's not, no, she's not 72. Apparently, it's actually good news for Simon Cowell. Because it meant that when she went out with him... He, he, he was 25. She wasn't 14 at the time. So that's, that's a bit of a relief for everybody. Turns out she's 48. But that's OK. She looks great for 48. I saw her the other day on the television. Unfortunately, she was interviewed by that plank, Jeff Brazier. Uh, you know, still wearing his little funny outfits. I don't know where you get these clothes from. Joke shop, I thought. And I thought, if she's 48, she looks good for 48. She looks good, for, she looks good actually for anything. You know, I've seen her close up. She looks good. Let me tell you. Uh, they're still rumbling on with the affair uh, from, from history. This is Jason Orange and Catherine Tate. A more unlikely pairing you'd be hard pushed to find. And, uh, and what is the most favourite coloured dress to wear on the, uh, on the red carpet? It is, of course, the colour red. All wearing it. Everybody going for red. And they've got lots of pictures of Kate Winslet, Princess Bantrath, uh, Jerry Halliwell, Beyoncé, Eva Longoria... Fern Cotton, so far they're all women. Now we've sort of delved into the rounds of, um, or the realms of sort of somebody who sounds a little bit butch. Demi Moore, must be an early picture. Catherine Jenkins, uh, Keely Hawes, I've got no idea who she is actually. I think she's an actress, but I, I don't know anything else about her. Alexandra Burke, like her. Kim Kardashian, can't stand her. And I'll tell you who are dreadful, and I've started watching again because they obviously do a, um, 
a roundup on the television of the Housewives of New York City. It's, it's made by the same company, I think, that do the Housewives of Orange County, a more vulgar, disgusting, cheap set of people who'd be hard-pushed to find anywhere. And the ones in New York City are even worse. They are just vile. They all hate each other. They all... Oh, you're doing so well and all this. And behind their backs, they're literally stabbing themselves with machetes. They're really awful people. You want to hear the arguing. And then one of them stands up and tries to walk out. They're over-made-up, thick Barbie girls. I mean, they really are dim. And can somebody explain to me, if you've got children, what the attraction is of Peppa Pig? Now, I know that my youngest, Danielle, when she was young, younger than she is now, quite clearly, she loved Peppa Pig. She absolutely loved Peppa Pig. Couldn't get enough. And, they, and they, they, they've done a, a thing in the paper today on why the cartoon pig is loved by the children. But they do like it, don't they? It's not the most exciting character I've ever seen. I mean, in my day, we had, we had some, you know, different things. We had the wooden tops, and we thought they were, they were pretty racy-pacy. But we didn't uh, ever have anything, I don't think, like Peppa Pig, unless somebody can uh, tell me. Uh, 84850, steve at Coach trip is nearly over. They've brought in Wagner. What an awful person. I didn't realise, actually, that um, apparently Brian Bellow um, was overawed at seeing Wagner, who seemingly was one of his heroes. You've also got um, Stavros Flatley in there as well. They're obviously not working, these people, at the moment. And, um, and then, strangely enough, Wagner... His, uh, his good mood vanished on arriving at the farm. Visibly upset, he refused to go anywhere near the goats, calling them devils and dogs with horns. It was Stan Boardman who won that particular challenge. Although he's very odd, isn't he? Very, very strange. Taking pity on Brian, the two rapidly... This is uh, Laggy, the 14-year-old boy from Stavros Flatley. The two became inseparable, leading Spencer to say somewhat casually it was a meeting of the minds. But one which seemed to leave him feeling strangely jealous about it, nevertheless... And uh, they wanted Stan and Andrea off the bus, and after some double dealing, Andrea and Stan ended up being shown the door. So, uh, back to obscurity. You know, it was all those dreadful jokes about the aeroplanes that killed Stan Boardman's career. Absolutely killed it. It was his, his sort of obsession with the German planes. And uh, everybody's going, oh, not that one again, please, not that one again. Come dine with me, big disappointment. Tamara's turn, she decided on a Rat Pack-themed evening, which I missed... But uh, you remember last time when she got her fingers terribly burnt, so this time she, she did a sea bass, which she christened Stan. I don't think she'd ever name food. I really don't think we should name food. I really don't. It went down well, but in Bobby's case, then he came back up again, when despite being told not to, he decided to have a bite of the whole chilli pod, which was decorating the top of the chocolate sweet Tamara had made. A Dean Martin sound alike was the entertainment. Despite the party seeming flat, the 32 points she earned put her in... First place. So I'm assuming that's it now. It's finished. Because there's obviously uh, some other things coming. Oh, there is another programme coming up on the television. And it's uh, When Paddy Met Sally. And you know who they are, don't you? Paddy Doherty, the well-known traveller, who's invited Sally Burker, who'll go just about anywhere for a pie and a pint, I'm afraid. She's been on this week all on um, Matthew Wright's programme. She's so dreadful. She really is just out of touch. She's just got nothing she contributes at all. Really nothing. And so she's going to live with him in a caravan for a week. I'm sure the husband is delighted. The poor, the poor Speaker of the House of Commons, Mr John Burke, must be delighted. Uh, 
Will they reciprocate and Paddy Doherty comes to live in a grace and favour apartment? I shouldn't think so, under Commons ruling. You can't just have people moving in for the purposes of a television programme. You know, you're not selling it to the highest bidder. Whatever Sally Burko chooses to do in her shallow, vacuous and empty life is her business. The moment she starts involving the, uh, the House of Commons and things like that is the moment the husband puts his little tiny foot down and says, don't be so silly. I mean, she's, she's got the word desperately sad written all over her. Really, it's absolutely awful. I mean, every time I see her, I cringe. But I, obviously, I'm assuming poor Matthew Wright has been told to put her on there because he's, like, losing the plot with that programme. It really is. It's, I mean, I love Matthew Wright. I mean, I really love Matthew Wright. But, you know, um, if I see Gail Porter once more before Christmas, it'll be too soon. And a few half-hearted comedians who turn out not to be very funny when they're actually put on a, on a programme. Uh, and there is the, uh, the story in the paper today of one in five boys struggle to spell their own name. Is this, what, is this why Christo was going with how many people cannot spell Gaddafi? And people cannot spell his name either. And I've never had any trouble with my name. It's always terribly, terribly easy. S-T-E-V-E-A-L-L-E-N, which is very simple middle name, William, which is even simpler. But uh, Christo Fufas, I mean, I can imagine you would get C-H-R-I-S-T-O or C-R-I-T or whatever it happens to be. Uh, and Fufas, I've never been able to, to misspell. I've always got it right. Always got it right. I just think it's a courtesy, isn't it? I think it's absolutely a courtesy to better spell somebody's name right. You know, it doesn't take very much, does it? I mean, admittedly, some of you cannot spell for toffee. I really get some of the most awful spellings. Ball in Manchester says, wondering, can you say hello to Noreen and Brian? as they embark on the incredible journey up north today. Yes, it'll be made into a TV programme, because uh, they're leaving at 7am to go to air up in Scotland by first-class train. Oh, a lovely train. How lovely. How lo- I'm very jealous of that, actually, because, to be honest with you, going on a train journey at that time, you know, especially if you book yourself into the restaurant car or something like that, you look out the window, it's lovely. It really is lovely. You cannot beat a train journey. There was a train journey I looked at a short while ago, and I think it's a steam train. And you start in London's Waterloo, or wherever it is, and then you go all the way up, I think, to Scotland. And then you're back in London by about quarter to nine at night. And includes you, depending on how much you spend on it, it can be, I think, £200 or £300. And you get a very good breakfast. Then you get a lovely lunch and a dinner with wine. And I thought, to sit on a train for that amount of time that you can get out and stretch your legs, how lovely. So Noreen and Brian are going up there. Uh, courtesy of Sir Richard Branson, to a, a surprise 80th birthday party of a much-loved family friend. She's not got a clue that they're going. So that's... I hope she's not listening to this programme. I've just, just blown it wide open, haven't we, really? But uh, that's good. She said, I've got the iPod full for the journey. Whoopee! I love train journeys. I really do. I think it's... it's. I mean, driving a train must be... I'm not sure I want to drive it. Although I looked at a train driver's thing the other day. They're going on strike, by the way. They've decided over health and safety. It'll be over more money, of course, as it uh, as it usually is. Because let's face it, Bob Crow's not been in the papers for about five minutes, has he? So he must be uh, he must be wanting to go there again. So good luck travelling uh, by train. How lovely! I'm so jealous of that. I think it's a lovely thing to do. Lovely thing to do. And I hope the day goes very, very well indeed. Very, very well. Eight four eight five zero. StephenLBC.co.uk. Vicky listens to the program every morning. As indeed do most Londoners, because it's early breakfast, and laugh about your commentary, women putting on their makeup. Uh, in the train I was on the district line today, and it was the first time I was seeing this and watched with fascination as a woman applied her makeup so perfectly while the train was moving. But I thought, any minute now, the train's going to lurch and she's going to stab herself in the eye with a mascara. When she finally finished, I wanted to say, Well done, it looks lovely. But I didn't dare. 
I know, you don't like to say anything, do you? I just can't believe how many people sit on the train and do their makeup in the morning. It's, it's becoming increasing. And when they sit next to me, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just, people say, oh, get over yourself, get over yourself. Well, it's like me saying, I tell you what, I'm just going to shave my legs, if you don't mind, take out my shaver and sit there having a shave on the train. You know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Just get up a bit earlier, all right? And it'll make everybody a lot happier. I've got the uh, the dates for Westlife. And somebody else is coming back in town. I'll tell you about that very shortly. It's LBC 97.3 at 5.30. Ooh, old Gordon's on the radio tomorrow. He's doing a jaunt with Claire Balding. So Gordon and Caroline and their son Sam are walking a section of the southwest coastal path from Hope Cove to Sulcombe. How lovely. How lovely. It sounds lovely. Amanda's been there as well. And uh, there's kestrels and peregrine falcons. The last time Gordon and Caroline walked from Hope Cove to Seoul ended up with Caroline in tears because uh, she feared she'd never walk again because she had this uh, dreadful back pain resulting in spinal surgery. Although both the treatment for cancer and surgery were on her back, she was determined to continue with the walking. And so uh, you get that tomorrow. I can't plug where the station is, but, I mean, good luck with it. Very nice. We like Claire Balding. I like Claire Balding. Something about her I like. I don't know why, just, you know, I, as long as they don't overuse her. Because the danger is that they, they do overuse people on the uh, on the television. Although so far we seem to be fairly safe. Guess what's coming back to the Royal Albert Hall on Sunday the 11th of December? No, not me. Not me. If I give you a clue, Timid Toad, Reckless Rat, Artful Owl and Batty Bat. Yes, Captain Beaky and his band are back. And to be quite honest, I'd completely forgotten who they were. But the wonderful world of Captain Beaky, uh, words by Jeremy Lloyd, music by Jim Parker, absolutely fantastic, and Hissing Sid will be there as well. There was a song, there was a song about Captain Beaky, somebody might have to refresh it, I cannot remember whether or not it was a cartoon on the television, but do, do tell me, 84850 uk because it might actually help a little bit. Uh, and also Westlife have got their dates out for their concerts, which are coming up very shortly. Uh, Moira... Says, 30 years ago, I was a student in Egerton Road in Twickenham, but we were very well behaved. Now I get the train to Twickers because I work in, uh, in St Margaret's, I think. One morning I'll spot you and wave. I can completely concur with everything you say about the trains. It is actually, it, to be honest with you, it has got a little bit bad. I'll tell you who the people are that really, really annoy me on the trains in the morning. When they're packed with all the... Well, packed just about everybody on the train, actually. But especially the people with the bicycles. The people with the bikes who expect everybody to... Can you move out the way? I've got a bicycle. You know, and you think to yourself, I'd like to put that where the sun doesn't shine. Because it's just... it just They don't pay for the blooming thing. They should be charged double money. You want to take your bike on the train? Pay for it. Simple as that. I don't want, I don't want any arguments about the whole thing. It's just a case of cyclists, blooming well cycle. Don't get on the train. Defeats the object. Got your go far. I shouted at a woman the other day. I sh- she went over red traffic lights in Twickenham. She had the whole gear on. It was head to toe in lycra and the go faster stripes and the hat and all the rest of it. And as she went past, I was with Graham and she nearly knocked me down. I went, colour blind, are we? I told a lady off last night who was cycling on the, on in my road oh. on the pavement. Oh, we get them all the time on the pavement. And asked me to move out of the way. Yeah, I always go. Excuse me, love, get off the pavement. But she was a grown woman. I thought I could see it. Behind love, me. I know, love. <laughs> I like to be patronising at the same time. Hello, love. <laughs> well, on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, just gone. There was a whole family, quite clearly stupid and deranged. You've got the father with the kid on the bike, who's attached to him oh, by yes. a little piece of metal at the back. A so pulley. 
It's, no, it's not even a pulley. It's, it seems to be a, a bent bar or something that fixes onto the bike. And, and then the wife with the kid on the little child seat. And they all just went ploughed straight over red lights. And I thought, are you stupid? Lovely thing to teach your children. What a lovely thing to teach your children. What a yeah. lovely thing it is. But I tell you, this, this woman, if I see her again, I'm going to shout again more. You know, because it's right outside Sandy's, the fish shop. Mm. And they jump the lights. I'm sorry, love. You're colourblind. If it says red light, that's for you. It's not just done for pretty colours for Christmas. But they do do that a lot, you know. I watch they do it, it all the time. day. They whoosh, they turn the corner. Well, it's a very busy junction where uh, my shop is. And they just tear across there. One of them jumped it a short while ago and hit, went straight into a car. Well, that's... I nearly cheered. I nearly cheered. But it held up all the traffic for hours and hours. And I felt like saying, it's because you jumped to the lights. Yeah. I'd be suing them. I'd be suing well, them. Well, surely the driver can sue them, can't they? Yeah. The, because if if something happens to the driver and they get whiplash or one of those things, mm. because they've had to break hard because they've jumped the lights, surely the uh, the bicycle rider must be fine. But they don't have any insurance. This has always been my bone of contention with cyclists. Lovely people, but you know, strict. Stick to the highway code. Learn how to cycle it. Go on a cycling proficiency test. And to be honest with you. Get insurance. You should have a little bar- have to have a little badge to prove that you've done it. What, darling? Well, you've only bought one cup, and so I can't make you another cup of tea. Unless oh, I'll have it in there. What, pour it on top? No, 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 just empty that into the thing. You can't empty <laughs> it. Yes, oh, absolutely. I do every day. Yes, absolutely. There's well, loads that's... of paper in there that absorbs it all, so that's OK. Really, honestly, I promise you, I've had a word with the... <laughs> Domestic I had no word with the cleaner for today about it, but, I mean, that's fine. Only <laughs> 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 joking. Yeah. I'd, I'd only brought... Because I, I knew you brought your, your cup down. And, uh, and there's a spare one for John. Please say hi to my daughter, Charles. Been so ill, she sees you every day down Twickenham and smiles, says Wendy. Uh, Stephen Harlington says, I'm ancient like you. Charming. Because this is after I bought the coins. They have an email address. They do. They do, and I can't remember what it is at the moment. It's in, the, it's in one of the papers there. It's a full-page advert. I mean, you're, you're going to think I'm mad, aren't you, buying these coins? Well, I'm gonna, I want to have a look at what coins they are. Oh, they're everything. All the old pennies, what, the pennies halfpennies, and... yes. Halfpennies, farthings? Yes, not farthings, no. They go back. Oh. They're pre-1944. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we don't know whose head is on them, then. Um, yes, well, there's, there's a picture. I mean, push away, they've got 350,000 of these things. So there's, there's, there's no shortage. I've got a few at home somewhere. Well, they, they've got yeah. 350,000 of these coins, which they've bagged up. They're opposite <coughs> the British Museum. Yeah. And so I know the shop you mean, actually. It's yeah. been there for years, hasn't it? But there's they're £28.50. No, that's gone. That went Has that gone? Got about 15 years ago. Really? I, I like that shop. Oh, ages ago. How much for a second-class stamp? The Royal Mail have got the go-ahead. Yeah. 55p. I know. Uh, but did, did you see what they could put the first class up to? Pound. Se- well, certainly 70... I think Still it's cheap, 70, though, don't you think? No. Okay. What? Oh, oh. It's absolutely appalling. Oh, I thought it was 70 cheap. pence for a first class stamp. If you get your letter the next day, you are very lucky. Our post at work, we, we used to get a post very, very early in the morning, and then one about 11 o'clock or 11.30. Yeah. Four o'clock now. All right. They're coming with the post. Well, actually, our, our postman's very good. Really? Very, very good indeed. Do you get one or two deliveries at one. home? One. Yeah, we only get one now at home. Normally between about 11 and 12, something like that. But businesses, you always have two. Really? And maybe we do get two, but tickets don't arrive, all sorts of things. Oh, ours it's is really shocking. good. And I'm always sometimes waiting for the postman. 70 pence, Steve, is a lot of money for a first-class Well, you stamp. can't do it yourself for that price, can you? Well, I'm not so sure. I think you could get the bus. You could well, deliver it by hand. deliver it. I could come down one. here on my Oyster card. As usual, I something. cannot find this stupid ad. I'll find it as the programme goes through. You talked about it for 12 minutes. You must have yeah. had it open. It's, well, I didn't, because I just I just remembered buying the, the things. So we'll do that. Noreen says, 
Thank you. We get breakfast and light snacks. Brian is beside himself. Take sandwiches, dear. Take sandwiches. A lady sat by us on the bus the other day and did her manicure. Oh, dear. How rude. <laughs> how rude is that? Captain Beaky and others, he says, uh, oh, you asked about favourite animal characters. You wondered about the success of Peppa Pig. In my childhood, sadly not yours, as you're only 39 this week, how about Lenny the Lion with Terry Hall? Yep, remember him very well. Very well, well. remember taking pictures. Fred Barker and Ollie Beak with Muriel Young and Wally White, and of course Sausage Dog in Picture Box and Spotty Dog in The Wooden Tops. Captain Beaky, performed by Keith Michelle, he of Henry VIII fame. There was a song, wasn't there? The greatest band in the land is led by Captain Beaky and his whatever it is. It's not the same as uh, Dave D. Dozy Beaky McIntosh, is it? No, no. Brian says Captain Beaky starts the bravest animals in the land. Captain Beaky and his band. Hissing Sid and blah, blah, blah. And... Never heard of him. Yeah, it's, it's, it goes back to my childhood. I do remember the wooden tops, though. Yeah. I love the wooden Couldn't tops. bring them back, really. No, what about Sadly. Bill and Ben? Uh, Bill and Ben, I quite liked, but they and were off... Weed. Yes, yes. Oh, they've actually got a picture of Gordon with, look, with Claire Balding. Look at that. Lord, nice picture. What a good picture, isn't it? Good picture. Nice, isn't it? That's very pretty, that cove there. I could just see you paddling out to sea on a lilo. <coughs> well, pushed out to sea, actually. <laughs> I was paddling out to sea. I went out to open it up again. Um, that's a good picture. Oh, very excellent. nice. Excellent, yeah. Very nice. Lovely one to look yeah. there. Yeah, it's great. Very, very, very nice. nice. Um, Karen says, my grandson loves Peppa Pig in our family. It was a singing duo, Pinky and Perky. And if the, uh, the poser performing her Joan of Arc act with the crucifix at the Dale Farm siege was truly credible, she wouldn't be masquerading under her preposterous pseudonym. Ha-ha. Yes, this is, uh, this is this mad woman who turned up. I mean, it's a great picture. You have to be honest. It really is a good picture. But uh, she, she's mad as a broom, I'm afraid. It was on the it's front of all fault. the papers, wasn't yes. it, that picture? Of yeah, but she's not a traveller. She doesn't live down there at all. She's one of these people who's, you know, who just goes down and latches onto anybody's. Yeah, they like, the, they like a bit of that. She likes the attention. She'll she gives interviews and everything else. Like she knows <laughs> what she's talking about. But obviously carries around. It's like the Have I Got News For You team dropping the old teddy bear on the ground again. It's very sad, this, isn't it? All that TV programme that put glycerin in children's eyes when they were interviewing them to make it look as though they, they were crying. Having a little tear. Yes. Yeah. Dreadful. Like on X Factor, really. Drop the dead donkey, not Have I Got News For You. All those tears you always see on X Factor or when someone's got a sob story because they want them to go forward. Yeah. They always film them at that very moment in time. But when you see real grief, it upsets me when someone's being interviewed and you can see the interviewer pushing them, pushing them for that last minute and then they get na- really upset naturally. That I find very, very, very upsetting well, you have on to television. Do that. What, if you're an interviewer? Makes good television, absolutely. The amount no, of times, you know, you'll hear in your earpiece that they're, they're crying, get a close-up of them, get a close-up. They love it. They, I know they do. They it's love all stuff about, like But that. I don't like it very much. It's too personal. Oh, I do. I like the, do old, gr- oh, I like the old grief thing. What, yeah. someone who's perhaps lost a, a family member or something and they're explaining it? And well, I haven't seen one of those, no. But I mean, haven't I, you? In a, you know, somebody whose teddy's years? been run over in the road, I think <coughs> that's always quite funny. By a cyclist, jumping yeah, the Yeah, by a cyclist. You go, one minute it was there, the next minute teddy's gone. Pictures on the front of the paper today. The, uh, the Sun and the uh, Mirror have got a picture of dead Gaddafi. Yes, I've seen. And to be honest with you, them. I, I mean, I don't have any problems <clears> with a picture of somebody dead, but I think if young people look at this, it's not very pleasant. And I don't know how you explain it to young people, that that's what dead people look like. But some mm. young people get very, very upset. And uh, to put these on the 
on on the front of the paper, I think probably it should be inside so that kids don't see it, because they're all going to be looking at it today. Well, they'll be on the front pages, yes. But in fact, I, I did hear of a funeral uh, a couple of weeks ago for somebody, and it was an open coffin funeral. Yes, that's quite normal. Yeah, and, and for two hours the coffin was was there for people to go yeah. and see. And there were lots of young children, and the young children were, were fine about it, and going up and saying, I want to see what it's like. Oh. But I remember when I was very young, when my grandfather died, we went to see him in the chapel. And that vision of him in, that, uh, in his coffin mm. has stayed with me forever. I always yeah. remember that particular way. I wouldn't go and see my other relatives. Yes, I mean, I, I don't... Uh, I remember seeing my father and my mother. What, in, in the coffin? In, no, not in the coffin, no. But they, they said to us in the funeral home, you know, when we said, you know, should people come and see Dad in the funeral home? And they said, best not. Okay. And I think by that time he he might have coloured up or something like yeah. that because people change. And uh, Mum, I did see, mm. I did see, but not in the. I just saw her in the hospice, and that was that. I didn't want to see her again. No, thank you. I no, didn't no, want no, to. no, no. It's no. just one of those things, you know. You've seen somebody, <clears throat> you know. You, you you want the image to remain in your mind, really. Of your mum walking around, being, yeah. look, you know, making you jelly and ice cream. No, I didn't want to see that image at don't all. You? I certainly didn't want to see jelly and ice cream. But uh, drinking sherry on Christmas morning. Well, sherry drunk. on Christmas morning might be a little bit more <laughs> apropos. But uh, no, I mean, you just have your own memories, don't you? And you you remember people as they were. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I can look at old cine film and stuff like that because we we took loads of cine film. And my brother took tons of photographs of his girls as they were growing up. You know, he must have enough to fill about ten albums. I would say at least. It was almost on a daily basis. You see, th- that's when you could put your pictures into albums. And I know yeah. now we all carry them on our iPads and our iPhones and all of that. Yeah. And it's all gone up in a cloud, as you know, that white cloud thing that Apple have done. Yeah. Everything's up there. But you know what? There's something nice about opening an album and flicking through and going, goodness me, I haven't seen that for ages. Isn't that yeah. lovely? Well, that's why elderly people like doing that. Somebody says, get the album out and you go through it. Or feeling like you have a slideshow. At home, and you go through the slideshow and you get, oh, I remember that day out. You know, Lulworth Cove or Mevergissey in Cornwall. I can't remember, it's half the places went to on holiday. Yes, I know, but you, then you've got to get a white sheet up on the wall and pin it up. You've got no, to we set had a the screen. Thing up. Oh, did you have, you're so We had a posh. screen. There was like glass paper on it. We, had a, we were very posh. I don't think we even had a slide projector. We had a little brownie that you wound up. We had a, yeah, we had a cine projector. That's very, we were doing very moving smart. moving pictures. Amazing. Moving pictures, but they lasted about three minutes. Yeah, and it went tick, 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 tick. At the end, it the did. Machine, <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes the bulb would blow. Oh, yes, it was quite a palaver, getting the screen out and having, like, the little family showing on a Saturday <laughs> night. Listen, exciting. we'll have to take a, a short break. Gary says, I've just started cycling, but I'm, uh, I'm very good. No jumping red lights, nor riding pavements, and I bought an expensive insurance policy. Two. Hard work riding 18 miles a day, but the fitness benefits should be fantastic. I don't know anybody as fit as you, Gary. I don't know why you need to add with the cycling as well. I mean, he, this bloke does half marathons and everything. The fit... Oh, so, you see, he's now got to the endomorphin stage. 14 to 6. These are the headlines. NATO chiefs will meet in Brussels later to discuss ending the military campaign in Libya. It follows the death of Colonel Gaddafi. Foreign Secretary William Hague has urged caution in ending the mission, though. A man from East London has been charged with terror offences. The 19-year-old from Poplar is due to appear in court later, accused of six counts of possessing information likely to be of use to terrorists. And a new study has claimed there's no link between using your mobile phone and getting cancer. Researchers in Denmark say the chances of getting cancer are almost the same as someone who doesn't use a phone. Let's go now to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, waiting patiently for us this morning, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. 7.3. 
trying to remember the name of that Tom Hanks film where he voiced the guard, and it was uh, something about the train. It was the cartoon, and it was uh, the the little Polar Express. Polar Express. And the reason I mention it is because all the kids in this film, and in fact all the characters, look slightly strange, because it wasn't a typical cartoon. No. There was a way of doing it. It was obviously done digitally on a computer. And the reason I mention it is because there is a new film about Tintin coming out. Yes. Voiced by Jamie Bell, who plays Tintin. And I'm looking at the picture thinking, they've used the same technique. Oh, they have, yes. Because the boy in it, Tintin, looks exactly like any one of the characters off Polar Express, doesn't he? Yeah. They've all got these funny eyes where they look a bit... They don't look human. They've actually made them human, but they've taken cartoon onto a new level. I think they've taken the images of people and turned them into cartoon characters. Now, they did it on that film, didn't they? Which was kind of a gladiator film. I think it was called 500. Yeah. And that was all sort of done in that same... Almost, they, all, they almost look like computer games. Yes. Where the people look real, but they, the images on their face are of real people, but their bodies are cartoons. So I, I did find it very, very strange in Polar Express. In fact, I, I liked the concept of the film, but I just didn't like the film. You thought it was creepy? I found it a bit creepy, actually. I thought the gnomes looked a bit creepy. The Father Christmas character looked a bit creepy. I thought it was everything, scary, wasn't it? It, it all was looked a bit big. scary to me. And I, I don't know what everybody else... I mean, I like snow, You know me, anything with snow in, I'm really <laughs> fantastic with. But on this particular film, and I've only... Wa- I've watched it a few times, but not, you know, not with any sense of... It's still a lovely film. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, I don't think it's so. It's a lovely film on that train. It's all about that little boy, isn't he? He gets on. It's yeah, all they lose dreams, the ticket and the it? ticket flies out and yeah. they lost the ticket. And she can't have... It, it just didn't work for me. It didn't oh. work on, on so many different levels, which is a shame, is there, because I absolutely love it. Um... Brian says, I believe Captain Beaky was featured in a beautifully illustrated large-sized book written in verse in the 70s called The Butterfly Ball. There's an album, I think, called The Butterfly Ball. I didn't know Captain Beaky was in that. Uh, I must mention the Royal Air Force Museum, Cosford. Three minutes drive up uh, Junction 3 on the M54. Because they've got uh, all sorts of... It's free admission. They've got a website. It's rafmuseum.org. And they've got all sorts of things that that come up there. Good, Good place to take, sort of, the kids. The other thing that they were talking about overnight is junk mail the amount of junk mail that we get now is phenomenal i don't get very very much apparently virgin media sends the most junk mail well, to christo's place i think they've obviously targeted christo and started sending him everything uh, we get our junk mail with the post so in between the post for everybody there's a piece of junk mail so you've got to separate the junk mail. sometimes it comes in a packet in which case i just throw it away straight away and we get bombarded with local pizza companies. That goes straight in the bin. And anything else like that, straight in the bin. I don't, I don't bother with it. But do you get post into your actual apartment? Yes. You do? No, so no, it comes into a... A central point. A central so post you, room, yes. Do you go down, like, in those American films and have a little key and open a box? No, 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 I, I do have a key, but I, and I, I put it in people's pigeonholes. But it's trying to separate the rubbish that comes with it. Because mm. presumably people pay the post office to have their their junk mail put in between the posts. So if yes. they say 30 flats, in between flat one and two, there's about three bits of junk mail. Of course. So you've got to sort through it, throw the junk mail out, because the people in the flats don't want it. Well, you see, we get so much where I live. And, and I, the, a, a lady that lived in the next street for me, I saw one day she had put a sign on her gate. No junk mail. No, no junk mail right. of any kind, please. And I asked her if it worked. And she said it has worked a bit. She oh, said really? people just walk past. Now, I, I've been in my house... And I've heard the letterbox go, and I've gone up, and it's been two minicab numbers, you know, a pizza thing, and I've got rid of them, put them in the recycling bin, gone back downstairs, done something. Five minutes later, someone else has dropped something in the door. Yeah. People, you know, windows, we get a lot of 
replace your windows. Well, nothing wrong with our windows. We mm. get an awful lot of local restaurants putting things like Indian mm. takeaway, pizza places. Oh, the pizza place, the ghastly. We just throw them straight away. <laughs> I throw everything away. Yeah, yeah. And we get yes, really, But some people, I think we have spoken to people before on the programme, who actually like junk mail. They actually like looking through the catalogues and the things that mm. come through. But, of course, very rarely do you get a catalogue. Very rarely do you get a day when Nancy Delusional looks like anybody from this planet. So they've done a lovely picture of her in the Express today, and they've itemised everything out. Where this woman gets her money from, I have no idea. White blouse. White blouse, OK? Mm. £440. Goodness for me. For a white blouse. Doesn't she watch Gox programme? Quite clearly not. I mean, she's, I mean, she looks like she's been dragged through her head backwards, poor soul. Sunglasses, £225. Gucci. Well, Leather normal. jacket, £525 vintage. Velvet blazer, £435, Dolce & Gabbana. Leather trousers, £285, Helmut Lang. Uh, mock croc leather bag from Aspinall, £500. Oh, that's ridiculous. And a pair of boots from Brian Atwood, 1250 <laughs> and still manages to look like the last turkey in the shop <laughs> at Christmas. Take a close look in the mirror, Nancy. You're looking very ancient at the moment. I mean, you know, lovely to get pictures. What do you do? Yeah, what does she do? Where no does idea. the money come from? I've no to buy all idea. Those well, tell me. She doesn't Ask get them, me. She I don't d- know. She doesn't get th- those things given to her just to wear them so that she appears in the newspaper. I don't know. And pu- those sort of shops like Aspinall don't need to do that. People that shop at those. We kind certainly of would. I mean, it's like we, we, we've said before on the program. Jordan can't get free free clothes from Classic. They don't want Jordan wearing their clothes to devalue them. Bad enough with Danielle Westbrook wearing Burberry. Took them years to get over that shock. <laughs> Poor old Katie. I mean, she looked like a complete turnip. She had to bring out her own clothing range because no one was exactly. Let, let don't her wear ever their wear clothes. Burberry again. <laughs> she it then became Gucci. the Chavs outfits. Yeah, you know, yeah. if anybody was ever going to wear it, you see them on the television. There's a couple of comedians. There's one who does like a wicked act like that. His name I can't remember, but he's he, he's very posh normally. But he, he pretends he's like a chav, yeah. mate, in it, and all and that kind of stuff. What was he wearing? He wears that as well. <laughs> what? <I'm afraid. laughs> he he wears things like that. Um, strangely enough, um, over in the the town of Chatterton, Chatterton, they've just had a new sign put up: "Welcome to Chatterton." Mm. Unfortunately, the workman who did it did it upside down, so. It doesn't actually say anything. So, I mean, you begin to wonder whether up there they are actually a little bit stupid. The person who wrote down in Linmouth in Devon, loading only, spelt only O-L-N-Y. <laughs> they're a bit dyslexic, then. I think they're slightly dyslexic. Yeah. But to put the sign, welcome to Chatterton, upside down, until a local official noted, I think we need to put this back again. So, Prince, Prince Charles was up there telling them all about <laughs> Not it. Not the mayor rattling his chains. I don't believe it. And uh, so it's literally upside down. I don't think he's got Oldham working for a cooperative borough, but the sign's on upside down, and you begin to wonder whether or not... Well, there that... are so many idiots working for the council. They have a light in here. An old man phoned up. And he said, excuse me, he said, the, the street lamp, because he was being, being very helpful, mm. uh, outside my, has, has stopped working. It's so po- possible somebody can come round. How long did it take? How many people did it take to change it? Uh, well, that's twelve. Quite thing. Twelve Why people. twelve? Twelve. It took twelve bozos to turn up. First of all, they, they turned up, looked at it and went away. He said he started making a diary of when they turned up. He said, then they turned up with a cherry picker and they looked at it. He said, then, then they, they went away again. And, and the council, where we had to look at the... Uh, it's Prince Charles Prince again. Charles again was working for the council. And he, <laughs> He's running for mayor. Apparently it needed a fuse, but nobody could quite understand that in the council. Who's employing these people Twelve in the council? people. <laughs> I thought those lights never went out, those new lights I now. thought not. They went on for years and years and years and years. I must be the years. only one in the world, I'm afraid, who likes never-ending light bulbs. Yes, but you liked gaslighting. 
When oh, they used did to come you know? I did. Light the, the gas when in the street. When we had a caravan, yeah. I liked turning on the gas. Me too. And lighting the little gas mantle. It was lovely, that. Shh. used to go and used to put it over. Pop. And it, the, the flame would come out. Shh. Yes, it Pop. did. That was the gas coming out. Well, I've got a, know, I've got one works. of those proper gas fires at home. Oh, really? You know, the real flame fires. Oh, right. In, in, in an old A living flireplace. flame. A real flame. How lovely, John. And it's lovely. When you switch it on, that it with. goes shh. Oh, does it? It goes pop. It's oh, got a pilot light on I it. It's very it. good. Looks lovely in the winter. Oh, dear, You'd love it. Lose the will to You'd live love it sometimes. if you came in all, with all snow on you and then sat by the fire and the snow melts on your white car. I can't wait for it to snow. I've I've got my spikes out. Well, it's already. not going to happen this weekend because the weather is so beautiful this week, isn't oh, it? Oh, yesterday, cold but beautiful. You know, when you Sky. get one of those mornings, we walked along the river yesterday. Cause I have to take Graham out because he's, he's so ancient now, poor soul. That you know, I mean, some, uh, very soon it'll be in a bath chair. I'll be pushing him along, but <laughs> at the rug. moment he is mo- with a rug. <laughs> at the moment he is reasonably upright and mobile. And uh, we walked along, there, and the river is beautiful. I mean, absolutely fantastic at the this water, time of the year. Water sparkling. Well, cold, I think. But I like cold. cold. But you see, the thing is that looking at the weather, I've just took a quick glance at the weather last night, it's saying it's going to get warmer. Saturday, 15 Celsius. Sunday, whether this is a misprint or not, oh. it says dry and sunny, slightly breezy, very mild. 19 Celsius on Sunday. And bright sunshine. We're going to have such a tough winter this year. I promise you now, if it's like this now, it's, it's going to get really, really bad. You sound like my mum. She always says, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be well, bad. I'm sure there's an old wives thing where they say, you know, uh, check your acorns in the morning and it's going to snow by lunchtime <laughs> or something like that. You know, like the old red sky, sky at night, shepherd's delight. delight. Red sky in the morning, the shepherd's on fire. You know, that kind <laughs> of thing. I thought it was sailors of all night. Was it sailors of all night? I don't know. My, my grandmother used to be very superstitious. She had, she had some strange... She used to... T- if there was a lightning thing, or a, mm. she'd turn all the mirrors to face the wall. Or put all the silver away. Oh, she'd cover everything up. Mm. She'd wrap the yeah. silver... Not we had any silver. Well, I mean, after, uh, because my, you know... Well, my, because my father was in the uh, iron and steel business, my grandfather... Well, my, my, my grandmother, Ryan, he used to go and steal. And um, I'm so sorry, it's such an old goodness joke. I had to weave. Me. I thought I'd weave it. It's a Friday, for goodness sake. Where would we be without a laugh? Here, here, let me tell you, at this precise moment in time. Friday morning on LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's cheap this morning. It is very cheap. It has to be. We're looking for some cheap laughs. Because there's no cheap laughs in the papers. Colonel Gaddafi, dead, killed by a bullet in the head. It's almost poetic justice, isn't it? More after the news at 6 on LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes past six. Nice heavy company. Welcome to LBC 97.3. It's Friday morning in London town. It's cold, but it's going to get warm and everything's awful. And the, the good news this morning is, first of all, that, uh, that Gaddafi is dead. That came through yesterday. First of all, there were, there were reports that he'd been captured. Then the report came through that he'd been killed. And I've got, I've got a, a question for you in a moment. The other good news is although I'm sure that many of you will not believe it, that uh, phones do not give you cancer. They have now done extensive research mm. with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and they have said, basically, that you stand as much chance getting cancer with a phone as you do if you haven't got a phone. Which is great news. But people worry about it. You see people walking down the road. I think they're talking to themselves half the time, and I don't realise that they're, they're talking to a little earpiece and holding the phone because people mm. became paranoid about getting cancer. And it's now been proven they do not give you cancer. And I've got one Nobody of these. Nobody believe it. I've got one of these, actually, which is um, an ionic balancer. Have For you ever what? heard of one of these? What is it? It's an ionic balancer. It's a band, and I'm wearing it on my wrist, because it's the most comfortable place to put it. There it is. 
I'm showing this to Steve's lovely radio, don't you think? My one is black. You can get me in all different colours. And what is it? And, and what it does is it balances the ions in your body. Oh, for Lord's no, sake, no, 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 no. Where did you get this crackpot idea? <laughs> Just... How much, what do you say, before we go any further... I didn't have to pay for it. It was given to me. Right, OK. But they are obviously on sale. Uh, yes, of course. And how much free. do they sell for? Well, I think they're about £30. Oh, for goodness sake. I mean, honestly, to balance the ions... Listen, I've managed <laughs> to make it to this age that I am now without balancing yes. my ions. Well, I tell you what, and I, it may be psychological. What's in it? It may be... Ion... Ionizers. And also, this little, this little hologram thing, it, it takes away the bad things from mobile phones. You've been to one of those balmy craft fairs, No, I you? have not, actually. You've been to but loony anyway, people sitting me, over bubbling will cauldrons. Will you let me give you my, my thing on this? I'll tell you what's really interesting. I mean, it makes you sleep really well. Well, don't start that one. Now, half my listeners, who I do not want to sleep, will be going, <laughs> oh, I have trouble sleeping, Steve. What was that thing that John mentioned? I tell you what, I Stick have never... Stick an elastic never, band on your wrist. I have never had such good night's sleep in my whole... Because I'm one of these people that goes to sleep, oh. wakes up two hours later, and then four hours, and then six hours. You're but going my, to be plagued now. You can have a proper night's sleep. And you don't get all those aches and pains in oh, the morning. Oh, don't start that one, for goodness sake. I it tell you what, it's ridiculous. really good. Now, I'm not saying that it works. Maybe it does, maybe it's psychological. Psychological. It isn't, not necessarily. Well, you just said you didn't know if it worked or because, not. It could be psychological. Because, <laughs> it could be psychological. I'm one of those psychological. things, if you wear this, this will happen. This yeah. will work. Mm. But I have certainly noticed an amazing change in my sleep pattern. It's because you've stopped drinking, that's why. I haven't stopped drinking at all. <laughs> I just don't Well, that is the thing, actually, to be honest with you, if, if you do have trouble sleeping, and I don't want anybody sleeping on this programme at all, n- not even me, uh, if, if you do drink alcohol before you go to bed, that will stop you. If you eat before you go to bed, that will stop you having a good night's sleep. I never eat before I go to bed. No, I, I did last night. You shouldn't, know. Three little tiny cheese rolls. Little, I mean, little t- honestly, barely a mouthful, I promise what, you. Barely a mouthful. What time did you have dinner, though? Dinner? I don't do dinner. What did you do then? Late, late lunch. lunch? Late lunch, about three o'clock. Oh, so you have kind of an early dinner? Yes. Because that's dinner time for you. It is for me. Yeah. It is on this programme. Twelve minutes to uh, past six. And so the, the, the text question this morning is, should Gaddafi have been executed by that bullet to the head, or should he have faced a trial? You can either come down firmly on, on either side of that one. Should he have been executed? Would you have liked to have seen him brought to trial? He said to them, before they, they shot him, don't shoot, don't shoot. They'd already wounded him in the legs, and mm. there are pictures on the front of the papers of him slumped up against somebody else, and then somebody, and we don't know who, decided to end his life. Now, I don't know if the Americans were involved or anything. I have no idea. But all I know is he's dead, which has probably saved somebody millions and millions of pounds. But would you have liked to have seen him brought to trial? Like, like Hussein, Saddam Hussein, who was yeah. executed by hanging. You know, would you have liked to have seen that? Well, not necessarily liked to have seen that, but I just wonder, Osama bin Laden, all these people... Should Gaddafi have been executed or should he have been brought to trial and humiliated and uh, dragged the rest of the family out? And he would have gone to The Hague and it would have gone on and on yes, and, would have on been and a, televised. Yes, yes. And then they would have had to have brought in the family. But the family are in Algeria. Him. What, what amazed me, I was watching on the television yesterday, people had their mobile phones out and were yeah, filming him absolutely. On, on the ground. And people were taking their shoes off and, you know... You know, but they did Saddam as well. He was filmed on the scaffold. Yep. And they were showing it on the news uh, last night on the news channels. They mm. had people, this has come from somebody who was right there from their mobile phone. And there it was on the news last night. It is terrible, isn't it? The, the images that, that we showed to people. There was a, a story in the paper the other week about Hitler saying that they didn't think Hitler died in the bunker. They thought it was a lookalike who'd been brought in. 
okay. uh, which is another one of these conspiracy theories. And uh, and they they brought the lookalike in, and in fact Hitler got away and was living elsewhere. Oh, I think I think highly unlikely, but it's always <laughs> I it's think always it's very unlikely. It's, it's like, isn't it? You know, the last of the Romanovs living in the middle of the woods. She managed to escape the firing squad yeah. downstairs, which of course she didn't. No, and Hitler's know. the chances at that time, mm. Hitler going to live in. I don't know, Kensington is impossible, isn't it? Absolutely. LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, <laughs> 17 minutes past six. Nick Ferrari at seven this morning. He'll bring you the latest news surrounding Colonel Gaddafi's death. He'll be speaking to a range of experts, including Gaddafi's biographer and a former Libyan ambassador. Nick will be also asking if that uh, gruesome picture that was broadcast around the world of a bloodied Gaddafi were appropriate or... As we said earlier, have they overstepped the mark? Because there's going to be lots of young people who are going to walk past the newsstands today and there is a picture of Gaddafi dead on the front cover. I mean, strangely enough, the, the Express and the Daily Star don't have it, but uh, the Sun have it, and they have a, a completely graphic picture on the front of the Daily Mirror. I mean, it's... And on the Independent, actually. Yes, on the Independent. independent. It'd be interesting to see what's going to happen next now. Because well, we were very much the pioneers well, of all of that. that's what we have to watch. The Americans seem to be stepping back, and they'll hold back and they'll befriend the country. But I think it'll be the British and the French who are going to go in there and try and bring democracy to the country. Mm. And the oil, of course. And look, we're doing a full round-up of, uh, of that. And the paper review this morning is Tim Luckhurst, head of the Centre of Journalism at the University of Kent. Perhaps I'd have something to say about the, uh, the pictures. Isn't Nancy Delolio a lawyer by profession, so must earn plenty by the hour, says Francesca? I don't think anybody's ever seen her in court, have they? Has she ever actually? But she's not a lawyer over here. She's a lawyer in Italy, but there again, I mean, everybody's a lawyer in Italy, Everybody's a lawyer, yes. It's, so I'm, I'm not sure whether... I mean, she seems to spend most of her time here... Uh, appearing on our television programme. Yes, yeah, isn't that strange? She's an Italian. Why aren't we sent her home? Dreadful. That's why she's got that name, Nancy Delusional. Yeah. Is that an Italian word? Yeah, delusional. It's very, <laughs> well, it is for her. Martin in Pimlico says people who eat McDonald's on the train are annoying. The smell is sickening. I can't understand people who sit there and practically unpack a meal. They do, in front though. Of you. I've seen people get out sandwiches and a flask. Yeah, they love it. But to eat a McDonald's is just plain disgusting, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve Reed junk mail, I love it. Goes right on the wood burner. A large catalogue provides five kilowatts of heat for an hour, says Neil. I, I thought some of those things you weren't supposed to uh, to burn. You know, like the shiny things, like pizza. That would be awful, the smell, wouldn't it? Yes. I've never seen people eating a pizza on the train. Haven't you? Why? No. Oh, um, I people have. tend not to do pizza. I've seen them eating burgers that they bought at the station. Uh, chicken they sit there and eat. I've seen people eating slices of pizza. You know, you go to these places down here in Leicester Square. Mm. If you get on, you know, after, like, the theatre or whatever, onto the tube, yeah. about 11.15 at night, people with those great slices, you know, you buy one slice of yeah. pizza, shoving them in their oh, mouths. Disgusting. If ever you've seen where they're made, you wouldn't be eating them at all. They did another feature on the television the other day. Around Leicester Square, strange enough, must have been filmed a few years ago, because you can't move around the square, with the illegal hot dog sellers, who, you know, you'd be a fool to touch any of their food, because all they are, it's a gas burner, Mm. under this pressed tin thing. They all come from up by Warren Street. They all emerge from a shop and round the back of Centrepoint as well. Looks like a cafe. The shutter goes up and hundreds of these things roll out with these filthy, disgusting, pox-ridden sausages. <laughs> and they keep them underneath the counter in a filthy old box. And if they fall on the floor, they just pick them up and put Ugh. them on the heat thing. You don't have to look at the people who are selling them to realise you're dicing with death. But the one thing you can't beat is the smell of hot onions. Onions cooking is a thing. Of, mm, 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 mm. But the sausages, filth. Absolute disgust. You'd be a fool. Look at the filthy people who are serving these. They're not proper sausages, though, are they? They make about £500 <laughs> a night. That's why the police try and get them off the streets as quick as possible. 500 quid a night? Easy. Easy. 
Uh, they rip tourists off. They spit on their food and oh, everything. They're just disgusting. Where'd people. you get one of these things? I'd like five hundred quid a night. I'd like three hours quid work. A night. Uh, Steve, I had a bet that Gaddafi would be overthrown. It was always going to be a dead cert. Okay, that's okay. About the only joke you'll probably ever hear about uh, Gaddafi this mm. morning. So the question is: Should he have been executed, or would you have liked to have seen him face a trial? For the atrocities. Should he have been executed or should he have been facing a trial? 84850 or LBC 973. Uh, because it seemed to happen quite quickly. They'd injured him in the legs, so he wasn't going to run anywhere. And then somebody put him. a bullet through his head. And uh, and that was that. So we're, we, we, you know, we will never know. It's just interesting, isn't it, though, that his last words were, don't shoot, don't shoot. And yet you think of all the people that he had killed oh, in God, his yes. life oh, yes, or yes, had yes. a hand in, you know, operating their murder, you know, sending mm. out the troops at the drop of a hand. Mm. Didn't ever, ever think about that. Him and his filthy family, all the sons who, uh, who had blood on their hands. Mm. They've all got Luckily, many of them hands. dead. Many of them dead. Yeah. Uh, Mick says, I agree with you. They should never have shown a bloodied corpse riddled, riddled with bullet wo- wounds on the front page. School children all over the kingdom will see it this morning. Well, that, that's the trouble. If it was inside the paper, I could understand. Yeah. Not front cover. No, because it's going to be in every news agency, isn't it? They're going to be rows and rows of all the newspapers. What's that, Mum? What's that? Who's that? Did you hear the other day as well? People overlook the story. Jonathan King... Jonathan King King got an apology from the BBC because they took him out of an episode of Top of the Pops that they were showing. They decided to remove him from the programme. Okay. And uh, because Jonathan King, as you know, had his uh, his fair share of troubles Mm. and went to prison for them. And uh, so he wrote to the BBC saying, why was I taken out of this, this programme? Would you, w- would you airbrush Hitler out of history because of what he, he did? And the BBC wrote back and apologised. Well, he was likening himself to the fact that they, they changed the course of history. The BBC wrote back and apologised. And they've said, we're very sorry, it will never happen ever again. We will not take you out of, well, of the programme. They yes. might take other people out, but not him. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, in, in a way, they, they, they were sort of changing it, saying he doesn't exist. But he, he featured on this edition of Top of the Pops. Was he singing? It yeah. was, you know, everyone's yes. gone to the moon. Or no, it was, uh, it only takes a minute. It only takes a minute. With 100 ton and a feather. Mm. And, which was one of his, his pseudonyms. And so the BBC apologised and said it will never happen again. Yeah, well, it's true, though, isn't it, really? You can't just remove someone because you don't like what they did. That what they did, he was punished for that. Mm. But he still, it is part of that programme. I mean, you could, you could do it with anything, couldn't you? You could take anyone so out leave, of a soap so, opera. So, so you, by, by the same token, do you leave Gary Glitter in, then? Well, yes, because that was before whatever oh, was right. happening happened. You can't erase someone from from everything, can you? You can't do that. Mm. Why? No, it's interesting because Jonathan King get, gets an apology from the BBC and they said they wouldn't do it. I think they said they wouldn't do it to Gary Glitter either. But he, the, the records are not played anymore. No, they're not. But it's, it's interesting that when they show a programme of history... And they're, they're playing old episodes of things. They started messing around with it and taking it... Because he obviously knew he was in that particular episode. Because yeah. he said he was number four in the charts. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, Lawn says, uh, neither, frankly... This is over the uh, question on uh, whether or not Gaddafi should have been executed or should he have faced a trial. Uh, she said it's the rest of the world who should be on trial over Libya. Well, Worth pondering, I suppose. interesting. Although yes. Miles in Bristol says killing him was the right thing, bringing him to trial would have cost millions and much wasted time. Oh, undoubtedly, it would have been another Ceausescu 
type trial yeah. where he would have been found guilty at the end, so he would have been executed. It's whether you just prolong it for a bit longer and everybody gets the satisfaction of seeing him facing up to exactly what he did and realising. But that he knew exactly what he did. It wasn't like he didn't know. He authorised most of these things. And also it would have gone on and on and on and cost of millions and yes. millions of pounds. Isn't oh, the interpreters, the, all yeah. the people sitting there. We, we, we've actually seen it with all these other despots who've been brought before the courts. It just goes on. I mean, even it's Gaddafi's a waste of time trial and, and everything. Millions of pounds. Do you think it should have been shot? I think it's an easy... I mean, it's a bit of an easy way out for him because he doesn't... He just get. He almost gets away with it, doesn't he? he he's gone. He's yeah. dead. He doesn't have to face up to it. Still got but, a wife living in Algeria. <clears throat> yes. I think it would be much nicer if to, all that money that they would have sent on his trial is to help the people and use it to bring that country back together again. I wonder how much money the <clears throat> family thieved from the country to take out. I wonder, out. yes. I wonder. I'd like some of that. I'd be nice if they gave that some of that back to us, yeah. who've been spending hundreds of millions of pounds yeah. freeing that country, and we can't even get machines in our hospital to save people with cancer. Do you know what people are stealing now, I read in the paper the other day? Catalytic converters. For the car? Off cars. They're stealing them because they've got a piece of platinum in them. And so people are... St I mean, you know, you, you didn't think it got any worse than when people were stealing war memorial plaques yeah, to the awful. war dead. They're, now they're stealing catalytic converters. They cost about £1,000 to put back on. Mm. And so people... I didn't... Apparently you can see them. They're, they're attached somewhere. And there's only new cars have them, don't they? Old ones don't have them. I don't know. I haven't I'm, got I one. used to have a catalytic converter. Not now. Not I don't think I have anyway. I've just, I haven't I've got one with, with Peter it's on that old. one. Might, yes, I don't, yes, I don't think mine's got one. Uh, Sue says, the human in me feels the way Gaddafi was killed <laughs> was barbaric, but I understand why the rebels did it. Let's hope they can rebuild their country and live in peace. I think that's all anybody wants, isn't it? You know, if, if, if I live to be 97, the, we won't see peace throughout the world. Somewhere there is always going to be a war taking place. Somewhere there's always going to be somebody who's going to be stealing money. I, I never got over Imelda Marcos and her thieving husband. And her shoes. And her shoes. She stole from a country near America. Welcome with her open arms. Yeah, come and live over here. She still lives there, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, does she yeah. ever? That oh, must yes. be a reason, wasn't there? Yeah, because they welcomed her. She took all her money in there. It's money which has been money. thieved. A money lot of money from, from, the, the, from the people. people, which is appalling, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, on the subject of steam locomotives, says Richard, in the late 50s, I was at school in Redhill. If you were lucky, the engine driver would allow you to travel to Reigate on the foot plate. Good Lord. That's rather nice. I didn't think you'd be allowed to do that at all now. I would have thought just for, for sort of health and safety reasons, I would have thought. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The subject of junk mail. Uh, Peter says, the Royal Mail delivers unaddressed junk mail through a service called Door to Door. It's possible to opt out by registering with a service. You can find it on the royalmail.com website. I have a notice on my door, you know, no junk mail, no callers, no hawkers. But uh, I still get some stuff. I call the firms, have a moan about it. Some of the local estate agents are hopeless. Oh, we get tons from the estate agents. But well, they're trying to sell their house. Somebody is recently looking for a, a flat very mm. similar to yours. Well, you're not having it. <laughs> they always address it to you, to the occupier. Yes, they don't even bother finding your name out. No, 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 no. no. Sometimes I get them to Mrs. Warrington and I put them there. There is no Mrs. My mum doesn't yeah, live here. I used to get M Mrs. Allen. Because <laughs> yeah. it's Mr. S. Allen. So I used to get Mrs. Allen, which is, you know depending on what I was doing that particular day, <laughs> determined on what I was wearing when I opened the door. Uh, no, sir, the best thing they did was executing him immediately. A trial is a waste of time in Gaddafi's case. Steve, a 9mm bullet's cheaper than a trial. He didn't give anybody else the option, says Steve. Michael in Camden thinks it's disgusting. The papers are brandishing pictures of Gaddafi on the front page. Think about the children who will see the image. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, the the trouble is, I mean, I'm I'm in I'm in two. I mean, I don't think I want to see a picture of the the, the graphic one is on the mirror. But there again, you turn on the television now and you see worse things on the television, don't you? I see things on the television. I think I'm sure young people could be watching this. Yeah, but you have control over the television if you're a parent, don't you? you can switch it off yeah. or not let the child watch these. Whereas you don't on newspapers, which mm. are in you know they're going for their sweets after school or in the morning or their sandwich or whatever they're having, and they're going to see it straight away. And I mm. don't think it's right. I see the worst thing. I saw somebody the other day. And I nearly said something. There were two lads standing outside a newsagent's in Twickenham, and they were trying to get people to buy them cigarettes. And some old bloke said, yeah, I'll go and buy you cigarettes. So he went in there and bought their cigarettes, came out and gave them to them. I felt like saying, Jim, are you stupid? Yeah, it's silly. What a stupid man. What an evil thing to do. I've been asked to do that several times. I've been asked. I said no. I've said no as well. I said no. Yeah, I would never, Buy some jelly tops, but you're not having cigarettes. And he bought them, and then as they were walking away, they took the wrapper off and threw it on the ground. (laughs) <laughs> you see? Real sort care. of disgusting people. I told them off and said, that you're mad to smoke. Stop now while you can. It's a downhill struggle, I tell you. I, I never tell people not to smoke, because I think that sounds sanctimonious. It sounds awful, because I was a smoker, so I know what it's like. I am a smoker. You know. But don't smoke. Don't ever smoke. No, but, that, but that's fine. It's, it's an individual's choice, isn't it? I know Somebody it is. Who, who makes a conscious decision not to, not to smoke... But I think if you're a reformed smoker, you shouldn't say anything. 84850, uk. Michael in Camden thinks it's disgusting. And uh, Stephen Clapham gets all the junk mail, but with the Sunday papers as well. Oh, a catalogue of that stuff. It's LBC 97.3. The time now this Friday morning is 6.30. Have your say with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Friday morning, LBC 97.3. The images of uh, Gaddafi being shot, uh, obviously recorded on somebody's mobile phone, him pleading for his life, and then uh, and then a bullet to the head, and that was it. Uh, one here from Dell, who says, I think it was fair that a mass murderer like Gaddafi was killed, rather than a nice, comfortable Western jail and us paying out of our taxes. I don't think there ever would have been the, uh, the nice, comfortable jail. I think he would have faced the death penalty at the end. But uh, it's when he was there... And then somebody just puts a bullet in his head, and you can see the images on the television. To be honest with you, it's it's so so graphic, you almost can't believe you're watching something. You feel as though you're you're sort of watching a movie, and because it's done on somebody's phone, it's all mm. jerky. But you can see that they they just they shot him. But he would have been in a comfortable jail because they would have been taken to somewhere, and he would have been given food and health. He would have given you know treated. Yeah, but they would have any executed him at the end. There's no doubt in my mind yeah, he would have been found but guilty. But he would, as that lady just just said, had been living in relative comfort. Yeah. So why should he? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC Paul in Wimbledon said, if, "If mobile phones are safe, why is it Germany? The Silla don't allow Wi-Fi in their schools and advise people not to use until further checks. Who listens to the Danish anyway? We do." Uh, because it's the most extensive study, and they've said there's no chance. You're always going to get somebody who's, who's going to disagree with, with what they've, they've done and the research, saying, well, there is the possibility. Uh, Steve, only the future will show whether Libya will be a better place without Gaddafi. Look at Afghanistan and Iraq. Yes, that's true. 84850. Another one here from uh, from Glenda. says, knowing this country would give Gaddafi's family asylum and compensation for breaching their human rights. I don't think that's going to happen. Think that's, well, we have frozen any money that they've got over here from the yep. sons. And don't you remember that the French stopped uh, some members of their family going to Disneyland Paris? Really? Yeah, they said, nope, you're not allowed in here. We're not, not accepting you in here. Go away. 
and they extra they took them out. I think I think it was the 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 Gaddafis. I think it was uh, an Egyptian fam- during the Egyptian problems. Yeah. It was one of those families. A Libyan student in Nottingham says it was the right thing to execute him immediately. Uh, trialling him would only be a waste of money and time. Uh, Daz says he shouldn't have been shot. He should have been tortured, like all of those he tortured. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, to be honest with you, um, looking at uh, the images on the television, I don't think he expected to be shot. I mean, he was shot in the legs and they dragged him out, but uh, such was the baying mob that when they sort of pushed him around and then you saw the gun at the side of his head, you knew that there wasn't much chance that anything was going to He must have then thought... And also, to say that you're going to torture somebody, mm. isn't that just play, being, you know, just like them, to do that? I don't know, because I don't know how I'd feel if I was the family of Yvonne Fletcher or or, well, or the, the people who, who died under his hands. I don't know how I would feel. Well, then how must we feel, then? How do, how do you... Uh, Andy in Chelmsford says now they've... Uh, have Gaddafi... Uh, sorry, Gaddafi. Maybe now they'll get Mugabe. Yes, I have to be honest, the sooner he's actually taken out, the best. Absolutely. The better for everybody, I think. A ghastly, ghastly piece of uh, work, him and his family. Uh, Steve, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Justice has been done. Chris in Essex shreds junk mail and sends it back in their envelopes, free confetti. It's a good one, actually. I've got a fantastic shredder at home, which really does make confetti. <laughs> You're right, you could shred it, put it in an envelope and just make them pay the other end. <laughs> Somebody said that before to me. Why don't you just send all this uh, back to these people? Uh, Steve, good morning. I've seen children with their parents in shops buying over-18 warfare computer games. So seeing this picture will be nothing new to them. Yes, I mean, I think kids now are perhaps prepared for more images. But years ago, we used to be be protected. Nowadays, it's on the front pages of the papers. Uh, 8 for 850. David Wanstead says, I think Katie Price on the front of Heat magazine is more damaging to children. <laughs> It's her and the two handbags, I think. Uh, eight for eight, five, oh, I love that. Stephen Cody, That's okay. great. It is, it is quite a good one, actually. And um, another one here. This is uh, from uh, from Bryn, actually. It's, 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 I suppose today it's finding inner peace. Mm-hmm. Inner peace. How you find inner peace. And uh, there was a doctor on television uh, the other day. And he said the only way to achieve inner peace is to finish all the things you've started. So I looked around the house to see things I'd started and I hadn't finished, so I managed to finish off a bottle of Merlot, a bottle of Chardonnay, a bottle of Baileys, a bottle of Wum, a pocket of Prungles, the remainder of some Prozac and Valium tablets, and the rest of the cheesecake and a bottle of chocolate. <laughs> You've no idea how fabulous I feel right now. <laughs> That's finishing off all those things. Thank you, Bryn. Lovely. It's always been like a smile on our face in the morning. It uh, makes such a change, doesn't it, from all the other misery that's, uh, that's doing the rounds. But, uh, I mean, so much has happened over the last few months. I've never known a year where so many things have happened. This, I think, 2011 will go down as the year that just about everything that could happen did happen. Yes, it and did. And really, sort of, you know, people, people were talking about things. It's There's not Anna Cerebrus, though, is it? Well, well, it, put it this way, it's, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think the royal family really have suffered an anus horribilis at the moment. No. I don't think so, you can't tell, really. But, but they're having so. the most amazing time. And what, they're in Australia, and did you see her actually come off the plane, looking yeah. amazing? Of course, she, she slept the whole flight. flight. They've probably given her a tablet, knocked her out, <laughs> then she got up the other end, they sort of put her in one of those shower things, and she emerges. Which is good. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Again, somebody didn't curtsy to the Queen. But as we said yesterday, it doesn't matter. The Buckingham Palace say it's up to you if you want to. She doesn't expect everybody to go down. Well, after Colonel Gaddafi uh, has now been confirmed dead in Libya yesterday, President Obama held a conference at the White House. Here's another chance to listen to the US President propose what could be next for Libya. 
Today, the government of Libya announced the death of Muammar Gaddafi. This marks the end of a long and painful chapter for the people of Libya, who now have, who now have the opportunity to determine their own destiny in a new and democratic Libya. For four decades, the Gaddafi regime ruled the Libyan people with an iron fist. Basic human rights were denied. Innocent civilians were detained, beaten, and killed. And Libya's wealth was squandered. The enormous potential of the Libyan people was held back, and terror was used as a political weapon. Today, we can definitively say that the Gaddafi regime has come to an end. The last major regime strongholds have fallen. The new government is consolidating the control over the country, and one of the world's longest-serving dictators is no more. One year ago, the notion of a free Libya seemed impossible. But then the Libyan people rose up and demanded their rights. And when Gaddafi and his forces started going city to city, town to, by town to brutalize men, women, and children, the world refused to stand idly by. Faced with the potential of mass atrocities and a call for help from the Libyan people, the United States and our friends and allies stopped Gaddafi's forces in their tracks. President Obama speaking at the uh, White House. So uh, we'll wait and find out uh, more on that a little bit later. 84850, steve Should Gaddafi have been executed or should he have faced a trial, which probably could have cost millions? 84850-LBC-973. This is LBC 97.3. If you're selling or letting your property, you deserve an estate agent with impeccable standards. Hanover Residential... I only realised the other day that baked beans are part of your five a day, and so I was intrigued to go to, <laughs> to go to Iceland. I suddenly realised I hadn't got any baked beans in, and so I went out, and they have a four-pack. Four I mean, I don't eat beans very often, I have to tell you, I really don't. And they had a four-pack of baked beans, and I thought, well, that's good, I'll buy those. Mm. And then it said, if you buy two, you get them for three pounds. That's so I've got cheap. eight tins of beans for three pounds. Pa- I think that's really cheap that's for very beans. Cheap. You and can't beans complain. Are good for you, well, beans it's, on it's, toast. But they are Heinz, just in case you think they're a sort of a, a look at. But baked beans on toast, yummy, yummy, yummy. Were they the re- reduced sugar ones, or were oh, they I've the full? Got no fat? idea. I think they were the full fat. I'm they're love. I could just do beans on toast right now. Really? Mm. I buy the fridge one. That's the bigger one. Well, I one. quite like those, but I've yeah. suddenly worked out they're really expensive. They were, yeah. I bought one last night. They so were in Waitrose. It was about £2 something, yeah. and I've worked out it's cheaper to go to Iceland. Look at this, honestly. It's like handy cookery <laughs> hints, isn't it? The small like, cheap beans. <laughs> but you could then, but with the fridge pack for one person, yeah. fridge thing, it's quite big. Yeah, but Whereas, it's not worth £2. No, and I threw a load away because I thought, oh, they've been there a while. I better yeah, you have to be careful, I think. Uh, Steve, the killing of Gaddafi in such a bar- barbaric <laughs> manner is not a good start towards launching a democratic society. For all the evils he may have committed, this was more like a tribal killing, not the way of a civilised democratic system, says Terence. I think, Steve, Gaddafi wanted to be shot quickly so he didn't suffer and he got his wish. Well, I don't think he thought he was going to be shot. He'd said to them, don't shoot, don't shoot. Mind you, they'd already shot into his legs to stop him running away Mm. and they'd killed all the henchmen around him. And um, a lot of people saying the same. Execution was the best for all, saves us lots of legal costs and covers up our secret government files. Let's hope we get the contracts. Actually, talking of covering up things, I think MPs have asked for the Sun to release all the things that they've got on Hillsborough. Oh, right. All the things. Because if you remember, the Sun 
uh, were reporting that people were urinating on people mm. and all people were looting from the bodies and things like that, which went down about, you know, as well as you can imagine. Uh, once we set our standards of humanity, we'd better be prepared for others to do the same, say John and Nicola. And uh, Steve, he also died in his own birth town, which he wanted. There you go. So, uh, I don't think anybody missing him put it the way that we can't find any support at all for him this no. morning, which is good news. But, I mean, this year has been phenomenal. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what else is quite interesting with the X Factor thing that's this weekend. Gaddafi to the X Factor. Well, I thought we'd How cheer we things up one? a bit. I thought we'd cheer things up a bit. Enough doom and gloom today. But with the X Factor UK show, which, you know, they were all complaining last weekend that the figures were down, the audience mm. had dropped. And still so good, though. It's still top-rated telly show. And it was beautiful weather last Saturday. Mm. And a lot of people go out as soon as they get a nice day and they forget, you know, to because it starts quite early, The X Factor. But I'm loving The X Factor USA. They seem to be a bit more talented than our a lot. A bit more. All we actually put up is some <clears throat> stupid little bloke with the stupidest haircut you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> He's got to go. He's got to go this week. Definitely. You've got to kick him out. We had the three on he last week. He cannot sing. The goody two-shoes, the two-shoes girls. Yeah. They were on. They were quite fun, actually. Uh, and then Talisa was there. Who, who have you actually them. got this week? Uh, somebody We've got said the you boy band. Who that, can't that, sing. Is this new, new... New world something. or new something or other. And we've got Matt Cardle this weekend. Yeah. He's good. He won last year. Yeah. We haven't, remember, you never see anything of them until the X Factor shows start. Yeah. So it's a co-promotion thing goes on. But that, this this Kakoran bloke, all we've read about in the papers is his love life. And to be honest with you, I'm sick to death of it. Something who looks that peculiar and odd, and I sing. think it's all talk. And can't sing. He can't sing for Toffee. It's not very good. Not a clue. <clears throat> he wears, appears to be girly trousers. Yeah. Misha's good. <clears throat> the Is that girl. the girl who was done up like a quality streak the like other week? Grace Jones. She looked ridiculous yes. the other week. What on earth? The stylist, <laughs> I think Simon, according to the propaganda put out by the programme, has complained about the stylist. And to be honest, <laughs> I didn't know they had any stylists on the programme. Oh, well, they have a whole because, yeah, field Because not of one them. of them looked decent. How can you let that poor Cochrane bloke walk out there wearing girly trousers, which are very, very tight, and looking, looking as though he's jumped in a puddle and been pulled for a hedge? And also, the big boy, the guy that's quite big... I can't remember He's just name. come out as gay. Has he? That was a surprise to everybody. Oh, well, Not. whatever. <laughs> that, that is his business. But he was wearing last week red trousers, oh, jeans, and it was very unbecoming because he's Not got a good men. voice. At the moment, the favourite colour for all the kids on the street are yeah. these trousers which are in sort of like a faded yellow yeah. kind of colour. Everybody's, if you see one person wearing them, you see a hundred people wearing them. I myself are thinking of getting a pair over this weekend, <laughs> so I should be going out to one of those hip shops that sells all the cool dude clothes. I don't think you'll find you'll get them in your size. Sadly they don't, but I'm waiting till Marks and Spencers do the slightly bigger version for old people <laughs> with the elasticated waist and I'll be much happier about life. It is ridiculous that once, once somebody buys one of these pairs of trousers, before you know where you are, they're all wearing them. Yeah, they You want to see what the students on Twickenham Station wear every morning. These girls look like they've been dressed by nobody who's got the faintest idea. But because they're all crowded in together, they, they think it covers up the fact that they've got no ability to do fashion at all, I'm afraid. We can't all be like Nancy Delusional. You want to see what they look like on the... I mean, Twickenham Station must be the dregs of the earth. It's see them all come out of the club I work in at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they don't look as bad as these students. I mean, one of the girls the other day had these sort of tights on, which looked like sort of you know, open mesh type, but with big gaping holes in the back of them. And she was wearing bother boots, you know, at the Doc Martins, and a silly little pair of shorts. I felt like tapping on the shoulder and going, God, you look awful. <laughs> but, you know, I held back. So I popped it on a postcard and dropped it in her bag <laughs> on the way past. Uh, first day of my half-term holiday, says Bridget. We're celebrated by seeing John Barrowman in Cambridge. Yes, John is, is touring at them. Oh, I must tell you, before I forget, uh, that this Sunday... 
Uh, first of all, between six and seven in the morning, it's the repeat of In Conversation, but a brand new In Conversazione uh, at nine o'clock on Sunday evening. You must not miss Rob Bryden mm. and Barbara Taylor Bradford. So for Ooh. fans of Barbara Taylor Bradford, uh, do join us at nine o'clock. And Rob Bryden, who was fantastic. We have so much in common. Both very, very funny. Uh, both both live in huge houses. Mm. And uh, extremely and rich, extremely and rich and talented, amazing. So he has most of those. I have about three of them, or, almost, or two. Almost as uh, talented as my friend Ellie, uh, who was in uh, La Santa Union, which is a school in uh, Camden. Uh, it was Sound of Music, and apparently she was wonderful as a nun. Next so the trouble time, is you don't Ellie, have to do a lot. You can do Maria. Yeah, you can do Maria. You don't have to do a lot as a nun. You just have to stand. Yeah, they're going to do that. They're going to still they do. pull all the right faces and wear the right clothes. They don't make faces nuns. Yes, they do. They don't. You can see them. They've seen the sound of music. Wimple. Have you seen the sound of music? Well, they're not hip people, are they? Climb every mountain, sung by a nun. Well, yes. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Sung, sung by, by a nun. nun. I know. Several I've, nuns. I've yet to actually go into one of these places and hear them singing songs <laughs> from that. Eight four eight five zero. Steve, if your uh, co-host thinks the deionizer actually works, then how come he's still able to generate an electrical potential in which we, the listening public, know he does, as we can still hear him? What? I don't understand that either. I have a lot of people who drink in the morning. A lot of people drink to forget. I like my ionizer. <laughs> he likes it. He likes Won't it. Won't it do my ironing for me later? I shouldn't think so, John. Uh, Brian says, I agree with your comments, Reem Mugabe. The sooner this piece of vermin is off the face of the earth, the better. Yes, I mean, he really is disgusting. I couldn't believe the Archbishop of Canterbury went out there and shook his hand and cowed out to this man. Mm. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, I'm afraid. And um, uh, thank you, Soren, very much. I won't repeat that one because it might be seen in particularly bad taste, but I agree with your sentiments. Uh, Dee says, I don't like the showing of the death. It's ghoulish. Surely all this loss of life and huge amounts of money have been spent to make things better, not to replace Gaddafi with more violent men. If it had been a properly trained army person, maybe they wouldn't have shot him. But then again, the US troops shot bin Laden. Yes, to be honest with you, we haven't discovered yet, and I'm waiting for them to find out who actually pulled the trigger. Because the picture is so jerky, mm. you can't see because they just show the, the, put the, the gun firing, but they don't then go up to the person who pulled the trigger. I'd like to see that. But the Bin Laden film that they showed, which mm. was had uh, Obama on it and everybody else, and, and George Bush, following the tracks of how they got him, that was riveting to watch, because how they went he in... He was at home. Yes, he was at home. But he was they, at home, and they, they spent all this money scouring everywhere, and where how was he? Sitting at home watching television. In a normal street. In a normal street. Why didn't they start with that? Here is his address. Hello. Good morning. It seems to make perfect sense to me. Well, they seem to spend all this money scouring around, and, and, and they go and find, uh, you know, Gaddafi. Where was he? In his hometown. Yes, but he doesn't get junk mail. That was the problem. He doesn't get junk mail. Whereas, in fact, of course, Bin Laden had a satellite set up and everything. Oh, it was a perfectly and, normal house. And they're just sitting at home. I don't understand. It was heavily guarded. Him. Just ask us next time you want to find somebody, because it'll be a, an awful lot easier. So these are the, the images that you're going to see today on the papers. You're going to see on the front of the mirror... Um, Gaddafi, dead, with, uh, with bullet holes. You're going to see a picture of Michael Lavelle back in Corrie the other day. He went back in and the cast uh, gave him a round of applause. And uh, he's going to fight to clear his name Absolutely. after the recent allegations. The Daily Mail had come up with Don't Shoot, battered and bloody the turret. So this is the picture taken just before somebody pulled the, uh, the trigger. The Daily Express decided not to show you a picture of his dead body but dragged off by the rebels. Want, I mean, that must have put the fear of God into anybody, I would think. Uh, the Sun have the picture just as he's uh, slumping to his knees, and they say that's for Lockerbie and for Yvonne Fletcher and the IRA Semtex 
victims. And, uh, Steve, says Jim, I'm wondering if it was one of his own guards that shot him following a pre-agreed order, should he be surrounded by a baying crowd? I don't know. Mm. Was there a bounty on his head? There might have been a bounty. Somebody might have been doing this for money. And, um... Libya's now free, say the Daily Star. John, thank you very much. My pleasure. Front of the eye. Gaddafi, the end. There you go. Kind of sums it up, but everybody will be talking about it today on uh, LBC 97.3. So do join me between six and seven on Sunday morning for In Conversation, and then the brand new Rob Brydon and Barbara Taylor Bradford from nine o'clock. Enjoy your weekend. Wrap up warm. Might get a bit of sunshine. Nick and the team with you after the news at seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 65 points at 15.